Amen. For those of you who are, have uh, joined us, and we know all of our family that are still joining us through virtual means, amen, Facebook and YouTube, we thank God for you. Amen. We thank God for being an able God. He's a wonderful God. Thank God for the wonderful prayer that you all lifted up this morning. Amen. And help set the spirit uh, for what I believe God wants to do. Uh, we do have a lot of things on the agenda this morning, and uh, we certainly want to uh, steam that. I tell you, we're trying to um, uh, find our place, and all of this is going on, and, and you know, we're doing the the virtual things and audio things through technology. Uh, but we're you all getting pretty good at that, Amen. Don't make it hard to bring the musicians back, Amen. I want to thank you all. Some have come and decorated the church. Uh, in Christmas uh, type festive uh, festive decorations uh, keeping with the spirit of what is a very joyful season every season for the Christian is a joyful season every day is a day of great joy think about who God is and what God has been to each one of us today we thank God for being a loving God we thank God for being an able God Thank God today for being kind. His mercy endure for everlasting to everlasting. I want to encourage you. If you're listening to us and don't know where you're at. Uh, those that are viewing Facebook and YouTube and again, all of our family that are still connected. We just want you to know that we, we love you. Uh, can't wait to see you again. Uh, but we do thank God for those that are starting to come back and connect. And uh, thank God for you being Amen. Present with us uh, this particular day. I want to lift up a word this morning. Um, I'll bring it from the book of Luke, chapter 15. Probably one of the most familiar accounts in the entire Bible. Uh, the book of Luke, chapter number 15. Uh, I want us to go this morning. I'm going to move rather quickly, uh, but at the pace that the Holy Spirit allows us to move in. Amen. God is a great God. He's greatly to be praised. Jeremiah says, it's like fire shut in my bone. Sometimes you can't even tell it all. God is a, a worthy God. So again, we thank God as we come to the end of uh, probably one of the most challenging turbulent years that we've faced in our lifetime, but God is still showing us that he's good. Amen. Even in death, there's life if you're in him. So this morning, I want us to go to the book of Luke 15. Talked to something very important. Last Sunday, I started dealing with the subject matter, topic series, uh, security of God's love. I want to extend it out a little bit today. Found a special account. I want to deal with it on. I want to go to Luke 15. We'll start our reading this morning at verse number 11. But the Bible says a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided, he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, 
there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the piles that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and he is found and they begin to be merry so quickly this morning i want to talk to you uh from this thought today and i'm dealing again up under the auspice and the the topic, the series discussion this morning that we're securing God's love. We talked about last week that one of the things that is very needful now is people to feel secure. And all that's going on in the world, people are trying to find security in everything and we're telling the world that you are secure in God. Not just in God, but God's love. And so today I want to deal with it a little different, still up under the caption of securing God's love. I want to deal with it from a perspective of a balanced love. A balanced love. Last week we, 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 we wanted you to understand that God loves you. We wanted you to understand from John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We wanted you to understand that regardless of where you're at, you need to know emphatically in the hour that we're living in that your God loves you. Regardless of what the devil tells you and the lies of the enemy to try to make you believe that your God does not love you. And you know God, the devil can use people to tell you that God does not love you. But you need to know, if nothing else in this world, that your God loves you. Today, I want you to understand we need an understanding of God's love because sometimes it may not feel like God's love. Sometimes it may not look like God's love based on our finite minds. Eternal Lord, like God, we thank you. We praise you. God, we give you honor and glory for God truly your word to be praised. And so, God, we thank you for this day, this hour that you have given us today. We thank you, God. Oh, God, that you are so kind, you're so generous, that you are loved today, God. And we thank you, God, even in this season, it helps to emphasize even the greater, the magnitude of your love for us. You have given 
your son, your only begotten son. And we thank you in this hour that we have a God that loves us. And so today, God, we ask that you will take our hearts and minds and give us the understanding uh, that we need to have based on your word. We pray today, God, at the end of this message that we will be a whole lot better to understand emphatically the incomprehensible love of you. And so again, God, we thank you today. We praise you. We give you honor and we give you the glory in the name of Jesus. And our hearts said, amen. Amen. God bless y'all today. Amen. Everybody, amen. Bless y'all. And uh, just know that, that, that God is with you today and we love you. And, and we give God the honor and we give God the glory today. One thing that's necessary in life, one of the great necessities of life is to have a balance in life. One of the things, Mr. Craig, that I pray for daily, I pray that God will just give me balance based on everything that we have to deal with, things that come to us, things uh, that pulls us and tugs at us and challenges us and tries to take us here and take us there. Uh, I pray daily that, 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 that God will just help me keep balance. Because I understand that where there's a lack of balance, there is deformity, there's dysfunction, and also there is disorder. And when I think about the day, when you think about the doctor, the last time you possibly went to the doctor, and doctors have told us for years that you need to have a balanced diet, that you, you can take in, intake carbohydrates, protein, uh, water, uh, all of the, the dairy products, uh, but make sure that you have a healthy, amen, uh, a diet. Too much of one particular one or too little of another one will possibly cause your kidneys to dysfunction. So it is so with love. There must be a balanced love. And a balanced love has two different ingredients. On one side, it's the word, it's instruction, it's the law, and it is the truth. But on the other side, you temper it, and you balance it, and you balance it with grace. For, G, for, for John 1.17 says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. This was spoken to the Jewish audience to, to help Amen. The, the world and the Jewish nation to receive the Messiah, Jesus Christ, as he came on the scene, said that the love that he will come with, it may not look like the love that you are used to, according to Moses. For Moses says, for thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, for thou shalt not murder and lie and so forth and so forth. Uh, but he says, Moses came with the law, but, but Jesus is coming, yes, with truth, yes, law, but also he's coming with grace. He's coming to give balance. There's nothing wrong with what Moses said. There's nothing wrong with the law. The, the law gives structure. The, the, the law gives parameters. But, but, but sometimes you fall short of the law, and you need something in love to prop you back up, to put you back where you need to be. So the Bible says, Moses, when he came saying the law, amen, it, 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 it's, 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 it's what it was. But, but Jesus Christ came and said, you need to balance love with grace and truth. Now, to, to, to put too much law 
and not enough grace means you got a skewed sense of love. But on the other side, to put too much grace and not enough law, not enough instruction, not enough word, not enough truth, you'll also find yourself in trouble. And, and so this is, this is God's view of love, a balanced love. It is, it is this reason I believe that, that many natural and spiritual children who are deformed, who has dysfunctions, have them because they have experienced an unbalanced love or they have expected an unbalanced love and it has left them in a place where they're not balanced in their particular life. And sometimes you don't know what you are missing in love until you evolve into some particular place in life. You don't see it up front. If, if, if somebody gives you love and, 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 and it's not enough grace, you won't tell right now. But let that person grow a little bit. Let, let that person evolve into to, 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 to teens and, 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 and to, to, to adulthood. You'll find they have some deficiencies. But God says to have a proper balanced love, it must be with truth. And it also must be balanced with grace. Now, the account that I, I read, the prodigal son, many of us understand that account. Uh, it is the epitome and it is the greatest example, I believe, in the Bible to uh, emphasize to us uh, the great love that God the Father has for his children. But also this account teaches us how to have a balanced love. It also teaches us that this was a father, amen, that, that, that loved his children, but there was balance, come on church, in, in, in his love. And, and, and so many of us know this account. Many of us know. We, we understand uh, the account before us. We understand that it was a father who had two sons. And, 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 and there was an older son and there was a younger son. And, and in today's society, that father would be a millionaire or probably a billionaire. He had great resources, great estate. And the Bible says one day that the younger son came to the father and demanded, he demanded his inheritance, which a third belonged to him, but not now, not until his father's death. So it could imply today that when he came and demanded what he believed was his now, it, it could imply that he wished that his father was dead. Uh, 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 this, 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 was, this was great... Uh, um, uh, rebellion. It, 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 it was, it was, it was uh, the, the greatest amount of, of disrespect for a child to be in a home and, 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 and to be taken care of and, 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 and be provided for. And, 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 and his inheritance is not due to him until the father dies, but the son comes to him and says, give me my portion of my inheritance and I want it right now. Some of us got some children like that. It may not be an inheritance. It may come on. It may be some Jordans. Come on, church. It, it, it may be something else. Amen. And, and, and yes, this, this prodigal son, yes, he was dealing with, amen, immaturity. 
Amen. Yes, he was he was dealing with disrespect. He was he was dealing with a spirit of entitlement that he felt that he was entitled to something. Amen. That did not belong to him at that particular time. He 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 was dealing with rebellion and ungratefulness. But none of these were the reason of why he got out of order with his father. The reason he got out of order with his father is because he did not understand his father's love. And when you don't understand God's love for you, when you don't understand your natural parents' love for you, when you don't, when you don't understand love, the devil will play on your mind. The devil will tell you and sell you a lie that, that folk don't love you, God don't love you, and when he gets you outside of the home, he will reap this devastation and destruction on your particular life. But you've got to understand that there is a love from God, but it has balance. It's mixed with truth, 50% truth, 50% grace. Some folk want 100% grace, don't want no truth. Then you got some people still pushing 100% truth, no grace. It has to be 50% truth, 50% of the word, 50% of instruction, 50% of what God's heart says about a certain matter that will not ever change. And then it needs to be 50% that says because you tried your best to achieve the level but failed in your attempt, grace says I can put you back where you need to be. So first of all, I want to talk about truth. Y'all still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about truth because all of us, let me tell you something, all of us can, can learn. All of us, don't regardless of how long you've been in church, regardless of how well you, you think this, you got this thing mapped out, all of us can understand and be instructed more perfectly or perfectly in the arena of love. Verse 13 says this, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when, you know, that's a big but. Probably the biggest word in his whole text right here is but. Because, because, because but is a conjunction which tells you, amen, something contrary is coming. You know, sometimes when you want to do your own thing, come on, church, you, 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 in your mind, you perceive when you do it, you, it's going to be different than what God says it's going to be, but it's always going to be a but. But when he spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he put, began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach. You can get to some very bad places that things that you say you will never tolerate. You will tolerate and you will be glad to tolerate it. The Bible says, you know, he, he was a Jew and, and Jews didn't, didn't deal with pigs. And, 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 but, but he says, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I take pleasure. I will gladly. I believe God got some folk like that right now. You, you tried your best and, and you were in a very bad place. And, and, but you would do anything now. He said he would, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swan ate and no one gave him anything. 
And Paulo's Kassar had, had it going for him. He had it ever, he, he had it going for himself. He, he had servants, he was in the house, but, but something about him no longer wanted order. He no longer wanted instruction. He no longer wanted the truth. And, and he wanted to take his chances outside the father's house, amen, to do his own thing. I believe there was possibly an event, the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe that there was something that, that the, prod, the, 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 the prodigal son wanted to do and, and, and the father told him no. You know, you, it, it couldn't be just one too many no's to you. And, and I believe this was the tipping point. I, I, I believe that, 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 that whatever it was he was dealing with, it, it, he says, I, I, I can't take it no more. I, I, I want what belongs to me. And, and I want to I wanna take it and I want to live my life. Because sometimes when you have rules in place, sometimes when you have instruction, sometimes you see it as a burden instead of a blessing. And, and, and what he said is, I, I no longer want order. I no longer want to obey the instructions of, of the house. I'm going to take what belongs to me and I'm going to go to a far country. No longer wanted to function and live as a son to abide by the rules. So he sought his own freedom, his own independence, and, and, and lived a very prodigal life. That light word prodigal means a reckless and immoral life, a life that was not complementary of his father and his father's rules and his father's love for him today. Now, let me say this today. It's not when he left home he became prodigal. He was already prodigal in his father's house. He just got the nerve to leave home. See, 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 money don't make you something that you're not. When he was already a prodigal. He was just a prodigal and chaos and havoc. He was already a prodigal. But when he left the house, money inflated because now he can fund his wayward ways and his rebellion. People don't leave and get money and get bad. Money just emphasizes who they already was. He was already a prodigal. He was already a knucklehead. He was already a man causing his father sleepless nights. That's why the father let him go. <laughs> Everyone finally take it and go. Can I get a witness here? Oh, he was pardoned. Oh, he was dropping it like he was hot. He was 420. Come on, church. He had Paul's red light district. Amen. Pardoning. Amen. Wild orgies. All of these things with the money. He wasn't, he wasn't dropping dollars. He was dropping hundreds. He had it going. Bible says that he was so frustrated with the house. The Bible says that when time he got the money, read the account. The Bible says not many days after, which means right away he left. He wasn't thinking about no plan. He wasn't thinking about none of that. He took the money and he left. And the very thing that he rebelled against order and the instruction 
And I want to tell somebody that in the pandemic because the pandemic is exposing a lot of rebellion in people right now. The rebellion is working against the church. The rebellion is working against the home. We, we see things happen. And, and I hear people saying, man, the pandemic making them crazy. They was already crazy. It was already in their heart. And it was already disrespectful. It was already ungrateful. It was already with a spirit of entitlement. But with the pandemic, the walls are caving in now. The very thing that he rebelled against order and structure to be the same thing now, the absence of it, caused his demise. It was at the point where his, his waywardness and righteous living led to his downfall, but, but it was death. The Bible says that when he didn't have anything left, had no more money, clothes dirty, amen, his, his Gucci was no longer Gucci, it was Hoochie, come on church, everything was, 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 was bad in his life, then he didn't even want to deal with his own self, never talking about his father dealing with him, when things have got us worse, and it can go, and when nobody left around him to help him, the Bible says that he came to himself. And what the Bible helps us to understand, he came to himself, which means he, he got an enlightenment. There was a revelation that he could not get when he had things. See, see, sometimes somebody now in pandemic, you need to be given some revelation right now. You should not be the same as you was when you came in the pandemic. God should be speaking to you different now. Now you don't have a job. Now your friends that left you. Come on, church. Now come on, you're by yourself now. There need there should be a revelation. And it was the point where his world and his world and living caused his downfall. But, 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 but then he valued. This is when he's valued the instruction and truth was really love. What he thought was not love, truth, instruction, do this, don't do this, go here, don't go here, don't go there that late, don't go there, don't drive this way, don't drive that way, don't ride people in your car, don't do this, don't do that, don't, don't do this, come on, don't look at them websites, don't do this, don't do that. What he thought was a burden on his life, now he says it was love. Can I keep on teaching it again? Listen, 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 two things he understood. He, he understood I had it better than I thought. I had it good. He says, I had it so good. He says, he says, even the servants are better than me. He says, the servants not only got what they need, but they got leftovers. And I can't even eat. The pigs are eating better than me. I, I had it good and didn't even know. The devil had fooled me, made me believe that God was against me. Did not know until I got outside of the father's house that I had it better than what I thought I had it. But then the revelation is that sometimes you think folk love you, don't love you. It, it was his father's love for him. The world did not love him. How do I know the world didn't love him? Because the Bible said when he ran out of fuel, when he ran out of money, the Bible says no one gave him anything. You don't know who's on your side until you can't do nothing for nobody. But God will always be there for you. Yeah, when he was dropping it, when he was paying for everybody's food, took them to Papa Do's, come on, took them to Longhorn. You know how you do it with income tax money. When he was bowling, 
everybody was around. He, he was putting people down. He was paying people rent, paying them mortgage. But when he had nothing, when he had nothing left, Bible says, you read it, it's in your Bible, you got the same Bible. The Bible says, no one. Folk who had texted him, say, get, on, get over to the far country. Well, I got the hookup going. Get your money. Come on over here. Them folk want nowhere to be found. God will love you when you don't have. God, God will love you when you don't love yourself. God, 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 God will love you when you ain't got two devils to, to rub together. God's still going to love you. And sometimes... God will open the door for you to leave just to show you how much he loves you. But more than that, how much other folk that you think you're putting in front of him, that you're swaying off with other people, don't love you like you think they love you. Oh, there's a whole lot of folk mad at God now because folk didn't walk out their life, booze and shoes and walked out their life. And, 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 and God wants to show you. God let them go. God hardened their hearts for you. God let them do what they did. Did not even soften the blow of what they did because he wants to show you only he can really love you. Found out that the rules... I'm almost finished. He found out that the rules, value that comes with love, it was not to deprive him. It was not to burden him or belittle him. But it was a shield for him. It, it, it was to guard him. The father put these instructions in place. Told him, don't do this, don't do that, don't want you to do this. Not trying to, to, to take, amen, a brother life experience from you. Amen. But, but I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to guide you. And I can't guide you no better than what my instruction tells you. I remember years ago, when I first got out the army, I was in East Point. Me and my brother had been drinking. And I was a driver. And I was coming around a curve. My mom I will never forget this. I come around a curve off Main Street in East Point on Dunlop Drive. I'm coming around that curve, see, and, and, and I got mad because the miles per hour dropped from 55 to 35. And I said, how dare them? I'm trying to get somewhere. You saw me from 50, you know, I was on a mission, 55 to 35. These folks don't know what they're doing. Man, this, this, this road that I'm on, Man, it, it's, it's nonsense, 35. Didn't know it, but right when it hit 35, about, about 10 more feet up, the road took a severe bend. It bend, my car didn't bend. <laughs> my car went straight into a light pole, totaled my mom's car. And what I thought was a nuisance, what I thought that was trying to deprive me, what I thought that was slowing me down, was meant for my good to shield me, to protect me, to slow me down because they designed the road. They knew the bend was in the road. You have not designed your life. You don't know what's in front of you. So when God gives you instruction, he's trying to slow you down from 55 to 35 because there's a bend that you know not of. And if you're going too fast, you're going to destroy your life. Can I keep going? <laughs> 
Oh, I feel demons in here now. I know we're in the right place now. Boy, them things round up. Listen, that's all right. The world ain't going to change heaven. Amen. Heaven and earth should come and pass. Not one jot, not one tittle should ever, amen, depart away from the word of God. It's the same today. Going to be there tomorrow. Going to be there until, amen. It ain't going to ever change. You can't get mad at God over doing something that, 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 that he instructed you not to do. You can't charge God foolishly when God put up a speed sign and say, slow down with this person. Don't get married too quick to this person. Come on, church. Don't, don't go in that business too quick and, and, and they'll know what they're God said, I'm trying to slow you down. Well, I'm going to leave the church and go to another church where they're going to tell me what I want to hear. Well, you go with your no sign over there because they ain't preaching the truth. Come on, church. They ain't preaching speed limits. They ain't preaching limitations. They ain't preaching God says no to that. They ain't preaching that. But, 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 just in a little while. Hebrews 12. Five. And, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. This word chastening means instruction or training. He says, don't despise the instruction or, or the training of the Lord. Nor be discouraged. Or, that word also means being offended. Don't be offended, and, 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 and if you're not careful with God and don't understand his love, you, the, the pandemic will offend you from God's perspective right now. You'll be offended instead of drawing closer. Myself, do not despise the chase of the Lord, the training of, of the Lord, and the, 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 nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. God rebukes me at least once a week. Come on, church, at least once. Come on. I, I know some of y'all done made it. I know some of y'all about ready to go to glory. I know some of you all just sitting on perfect ready to go and be raptured up. But everybody ain't like that. I'm telling you, God will rebuke you sometime. And God will send children to rebuke you sometime. You will get rebuked on this side. And just don't get offended in the abuse because you're a son and you're not a bastard. Bastards get, come on church, bastards get offended. Sons sit there and endure it and take it and say, God, I thank you for loving me so much. I don't know if you're a bastard or a son. It's in the Bible. Keep reading. For whom the son loves, he's going to chase him. He scourges means he's going to beat you sometime. Meaning he's going to whip you sometime. Every son whom he receives, he's going to do that. If you endure chastening, if you endure it, if you can stand there, God will deal with you as a son. Oh, for what son is there whom a father does not instruct, change, train, or beat down sometime? Sometimes I had to remind my son. I said, son, and I had to remind him and his mama sometime. I had to remind them together sometime because they're in partnership sometime. I said, I had to remind them sometime. I had to wait till they get together, but I'm speaking to him, but I need her to hear it indirectly. And I said, son, I've got to be like this to you sometime. Because then I, I ended by saying, because I love you. I've been where you're going. 
and you may be a, somewhat of a good, you're a good kid, but, but I'm trying to train you. I don't want you to fall in the same pits I fell in. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. And some of you parents need to start, stop acting like you're so perfect and tell people that you stink too sometimes. Tell people that you ain't got it all together and you might get a better reaction and response because they don't think that you holier than now. I'm gonna preach it. I don't care. Y'all know. Y'all know it's pandemic. We gonna love you. Get with us on Facebook. You all right? Seven. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. Stand there and take it. Stand there and take it. When I didn't have no money, then couldn't take care of my family. And, and, and the preacher told me, you're broke because you don't tithe. I said, my God, that man don't tithe. I'm an accountant, financial advisor. This man, trying to, he ain't got no degree, series, certifications or nothing. Don't tell me about money. But God says, stand there and take it. Stand there and humble yourself. Stand there and be teachable and understand the kingdom's ways of living in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse 8 says, but if you are without chastening, See, some of us don't want it. I'm offended, Pastor. Well, offend on then. Listen, if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. That means you are bastard. That means you never belonged in the house. That means you know him, but you're not with him. He says you're illegitimate. You illegitimately came through the wrong door. We need to learn to thank God for his love. As the old preachers used to say, I thank God that he got his whipping on me because long as I know that his hand is on me. Sometimes, yeah, you mad, God, keep on whipping me because, God, I know you ain't forgotten about me. God, keep on whipping me because, God, I, I know that you want more for me. There's folk right now in prison. I'm going on. There's folk right now in prison. They're in prison right now wishing that they had an example in their life who was not trying to be their friend, who was not trying to tell them everything that they wanted to hear to justify them in their foolishness and in their fleshly desires, but would tell them the truth. It would have saved them 30, 40 years of being a man with no liberty to freely go even to their own refrigerator. It, 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 if they could come back, the one thing that they would change, I need somebody in my life who's going to be truthful with me. I'd have lost the whole church. I don't know how many folks then disconnected from Facebook, but it's the word of God. I, I feel good this morning because it's the word. He loved me when he ain't whipping me. He loved me when he's whipping me. I, 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 I'm glad that, that God's instruction is your, 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 your instruction. It's your, your parameters. It's, 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 it's your guide. It's, 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 it's your covering. That's his instruction today. You got to ask yourself, am I a son or am I a bastard? Am I a son or am I a bastard? Can can I understand that when God does things and put limitations on me and tell me, no, stop wilding out. 
you, 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 you're, you're ruining your own life and those to come after you. You have children now and you're acting like a child. Grow yourself up. Take on your responsibility. Stop blaming everything in life on everybody else and start, amen, shouldering your own load and, and get right with God and let God bless your life. That's the instruction for the church in this 21st century pandemic 2020 year. That's the instruction. Stand there and take it because you are a son and you're not a bastard. And we thank God that we're all sons because sons get the inheritance. The bastards get what's on the table right now. Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. One was a son, one was a bastard. That's why he had to send Ishmael away with his mother because you're going to ruin destiny for the nation of Israel. You've got to go because you're a bastard. And it was not because of the fact that he was born to this, this Hagar, this woman. It was the fact that God seen rebellion in him. That he would never get right with God. God foreseen what his life would be. And God says, at this moment, you are a bastard. Has nothing to do with you being born outside of wedlock. Has nothing to do with that. I done made that point for too long. Listen, let, let, let's keep dealing with this. That's truth. What about grace? <laughs> oh, that's what we want to beat on there. But I had to give you truth first. Come on, church. There's a little grace in there for you. Come on. Grace 18, 18, 18, 18, Luke, 8, Luke, Luke 15, 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, <laughs> he got it now, y'all. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, what a belt won't do, a far country will do. What, what time out will not do, the far country will do. That's why you need to stop getting in God affairs when he's trying to chase people and stop trying to be God and stop trying to mitigate the blow of what God is trying to do because God has them in a far country. God did not let him get destroyed, but God needed him there so he can get a revelation of what life was really about. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spend all my money uh, a while and now, 420. Uh, the, uh, mama, don't tell daddy, but but you know how there's times are uh, uh, hard. But, well, baby, what I want you to do now, because you know how your daddy is. You know he watched the account and everything, too. But mama got a little bit over here now. But don't you ever tell nobody. Now, if you tell your daddy, I'm, I'm going to get you now. I'm going to do nothing. But he'll bump your shoebox and, and, and get right in order with God, because God may be having them in a, in a far country right now. You put money in his hand. I tell people all day long, if you give money to a crack addict and, and, and they got a hundred dollar habit, you give them a million dollars, they got a million dollar habit. God is trying to work on them from the inside out and only the far country can do it. Gotta tell you sometime to back off of them. Your law will say, I need to go in. God says, back off of them. 30 years they ain't changed. This you finna do ain't gonna change them now. I got to get them to a far country. And I got to deliver them in their soul. Deliver them in their spirit. Deliver them in their mind. Because if their mind don't change, they're gonna be right back in this place. And they're gonna spend all your money and take, amen, a second mortgage on your house. And they're gonna take your house. And don't come to me asking, can you bless me again, God? You went outside of my will.
And verse 18, y'all better stop it. Stop being Superman, Wonder Woman. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your house servants. And he arose and came to his father and was still a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm not lured and no more to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best, the best, the best robe. Put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the, the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. Now we see the father shifting love. You got to know when to shift it. You, you, you got to be in a tune with God. You got to know when to shift from truth to grace. This is the turning. This is the key. The key to this whole message is when he says, I am not worthy. When, when those words enter this mouth, it, it, it was symbolic of a change heart. God is not concerned with extending our hardships past what they are meant to change our hearts. When he says, I am not worthy to be called your son, it was symbolic that this man has a change heart. It's important because that we get grace in here because we're all finite. We're all imperfect. We're going to fail the standard. And for folk who lie to you and say they don't fail the standard, they lie. You may not see it, but God said if you do it in your heart, you've done it. You, you, you do it. Amen. You, you may not drink. Come on, church. You may not smoke. You may be too old to do what you need to be you used to do with your bodies. You, you, all those things you can check. But you got evil in your heart. You're gossiping about people. Amen. You're wishing people evil. You're jealous. You're envying things that people can't see, but it's in your heart. Don't shoot me. Shoot God because God said, oh, have sin and come short of the glory. Oh, have sin and come short of the glory of God. You and all. You in the city limits of all. I don't care if you live in Texas, California, Minnesota. Amen. Today, wherever you live, you in the city limits of all. See, people don't like hearing this thing. They don't like, because as long as people can, can, can keep truth all around you and no grace, they think they can control you. They think they can manipulate you to, to be in their outcome. But you got to understand, God loves you today. I'm, 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 I'm killing, I'm slaying demons right now. This is the turning point of the whole story. See, everyone has a turning point. This is this boy's turning point. This boy's life is for the shift from destruction to destiny. Overnight, I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care what you've been into. There's always a turning point in your life. There's always an opportunity. God is going to turn things around. Don't let nobody fool you to tell you you like this. You're going to always be like this. To tell you you like this. You're going to always be like your mama, your daddy. You ain't going to never be this. Everybody's got a turning point in their life. You're always going to have a turning point. That's the grace of God. To get you somewhere, to get you to control and get your mind to say, now it's time to make a change. 
Care who you are, care how much you've blown in, in your life. You're still a turning point in your life. That's what Jeremiah said, 29 11. He said, Come on, what did he say? 29 11. Come on, I, uh, Y'all don't know scripture. I just, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of prosperity, thoughts to do you good, thoughts of a shooter, thoughts of an expected end and a hope. I don't think evil towards you. God always has a turning point. Wherever you at today, God has a turn. Wherever you at now in, in Facebook, you may have blown it. And the devil's telling you to stay down, get up. The devil's telling you, don't try again, try again. There's a turning point in your life. God, love will come and push you past your situation. There's a turning point. You've got to know when it comes. You've got to know that if I go down this road another further, destruction is coming. But I thank God for the signpost who says if I change right now, I can get to my destiny regardless of mistakes. They've already been factored in. That's what grace does. It factors your mistakes in and still tells you God loves you. So you need grace. Because law don't factor nothing in. Law just say you're a hypocrite. Law just says, come on, that you're a homeowner. Law just says, amen, that you're a murderer. But grace factors that stuff in. It's unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. That's why that was a turning point. Because he says, I'm not worthy. When you say I'm not worthy, you have become a candidate for God's grace to overwhelm your life. That's what grace is. It's love undeserved. That's why you can't boast. That's why you can't keep telling people what you do in church, how you serve in church. I'm a missionary. I'm a elder. I'm a deacon. I've been in church for 40 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all. Oh, my God. I'm so holy. Did you hear me speak in tongues on yesterday? I did all that kind of stuff. It don't matter with God's love. That's why he says you can have all these gifts. All of these prophesying, speaking in tongues, all of this. But he says you can't love. You're just tingling cymbals. Sounding brass. I wish somebody was in that drunk and give me a cymbal here. Praise the Lord. Unmerited. You don't deserve it. You can't work for it. Stop telling folk what you do in church. Who cares? Who cares what you do in church? It's what you do in your heart in the kingdom for people that does not con con has nothing to do with the four walls of the church. I'm, 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 I'm slaying religious demons. I'm slaying traditional demons. I'm slaying self-righteous demons right now. Grace is a love that factors your mistakes in. Don't you let nobody tell you different. <laughs> But the prodigal son didn't know. He said, I just want to go back and be one of the servants. I didn't blow it. I didn't blow this thing as a son. I, I mean, I didn't blow this thing. I got in my father's face. He said, give me my money right now. I'm gone. I disrespected him. I was so insensitive to his love. And he had been loving me. I didn't, just let me go back one time. But he didn't know. There was nothing 
from his father's perspective, there was nothing that he can do to get his father to love him more. No, there was nothing that he could do to lose his father's love from where it was at. Grace is unconditional love. I'm closing out. It's unconditional love toward a person who does not deserve it. That's why when you see people, God's love just supernaturally taken to another level. And you can say, oh, this stuff they, they're doing. See, you don't know their heart. You don't know what they're trying to do in their heart. And, and, and this is what God says, because you believe you deserve it, that's why more grace is not being abound on your life. But they don't think they deserve it. And they're trying the best that they can. And, and, and you may be the one that gave them unbalanced love and made them the way that they are. It's most needed. Grace is most needed and best understood in the midst of sin, suffering, and brokenness. Something blessed my heart the other day. Kurt Franklin on Friday got on social media and said he had been in the dirt for, for some years. And he said, I just want to tell y'all, I done finally got this thing. He said, I, I, want, I want to invite people into the broken club. He says, I'm, 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 I'm broken. I'm, I'm broken. And I want to invite the broken people in because the church can mess you up sometimes. Now, if we don't move the standard, we're going to tell you you're wrong. Don't do that again. As Jesus told a woman called in adultery, he says, do not do that again. Don't go back to that lifestyle. But I forgive you. That's true for grace. Look at this mercy. Mercy means withholding what a person deserves. This boy didn't deserve to come back to the house. This person didn't deserve this party and, and, and this bling bling that he received. He didn't deserve it, but mercy says, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. And he was compassionate. Did you, did you see that when he was coming home before he even got to the house? The father went and met him. And the Bible says he touched him and embraced him. He, he needed a hug. See, sometimes people just need a hug. Some people ain't been hugged in years. Some people never hugged from parents. Some people grew up in certain, they were never really hugged and embraced. He hugged him to let it. That was, that was greater than the party. His, his, his father hugged him and said, I got you, son. I got you. I ain't going to let you go again. I hear, I hear prodigal son tell him and wish me, Dad, I done failed you. Dad, just, just love me in the servant. I, I hear his father most likely saying, you are my son. Come back home. And you know why the father, the, the, he, he, he had to go meet him because you know who was that back at the house? Older brother, self-righteous, who was going to say, hey, uh, what, what you doing back here, man? You, you done blew it. You, 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 what, you do what you did to daddy and disrespected this house. Oh, no. He said, look, boy, uh-uh. Let me go ahead and get this boy. Because I need to restore him. That's what grace does. It restores you. It brings you back to where you fell from. See, that's why man can't love you like God. Because man may act like they're forgiving you, but they're never going to put you back in position where you fail. God says, I'm not interested in you coming back as a servant. You're my son. I'm coming to restore you. 
God is in the restoring business. Hey! And then he celebrated him. Celebrated the fact that he was a much better boy now. That's what we need for country experiences. Because it makes us better if we respond correctly to God's love when we're in the far country. This pandemic, if you still respond to God's love and connect with God's love in the pandemic, you should not come out of this worse. You should come out of here much better. And I promise you, if you come out here better, there's a party waiting. Oh, it doesn't feel like we're yet in your far country now, but, but there's a party waiting on you. God loves you today. He's 100% about his business when it comes to his word. He don't want you. He forbids certain things. He stands against it. The counsel of heaven stands against it. It'll never change. Going to other churches, finding preachers, finding teachers, finding people who can scratch your ears as they itch, find different religions that you think can give you love. You'll be just like this prodigal son when the Bible says, didn't give him anything. And I thank God for his grace today. I'm a living example of God's grace. If you're listening today, if you are hearing this today, even if you're in this sweet room today, you are a living example of God's grace. How do I know? Because people are dying all around us. It does not mean that they didn't have grace up in their life. God is bringing his children home now. But you're a living example. We thank him for us, Lord. We understand us, Lord. Eternal Lord our God, we thank you today. We give you honor and praise. Thank you, God, for your people today. Thank you today, God, for them. We pray today, God, that this word has spoke to our hearts, minds, and spirits to cause us, to motivate us, compel us to connect, to connect and embrace a very incomprehensible how it's incomprehensible how much you love us we can't comp comprehend it but by faith we believe it and we have experienced it in our life so if there's anybody who's watching today God that's not saved we're praying today God that you will save your life that you allow to connect to the greatest love that the greatest power that's on the face of this earth is your love today cause scales to fall off as it did with the prodigal son the scales to help us to come to ourselves and see your love as we're supposed to see it and so we pray for that soul salvation today we pray for it right now God we pray for those who have drifted to their own far country and have have, have relationship with you but have have, have become distant, God. We're praying the Holy Spirit will draw them back to you into your right fellowship 
So we thank you today. We do praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And as we continue the same spirit in here, thank you, Facebook, for watching. We'll take care of some business here in the, in the church. God bless you today. Go in peace. Uh, be blessed. Uh, you understand how to give to us. It's all over uh, our platform. Just know today as you leave that God loves you today. Be blessed.